The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. This is Alice Cooper, the original Technotard, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Justin Lemmy. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeer. We are the show that talks about computers, technology, and the internet. <laughs> and the internet. You're kind of subdued there a little. And the internet. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe. That too, yeah. Uh, how's everybody doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, Good I'm doing. Good work. Spring sports has kept mm-hmm. me super busy. Yeah. Now, what are you what are you covering I, the most now? Uh, lacrosse, softball, baseball, uh, and some soccer still because fall sports went into spring. So we're doing some soccer games. We did two back to back games on ESPN this past weekend. So it's just been bananas for us. Wow, that's a lot of fun though. That's it uh... is. It is, but it's it's COVID has changed the broadcast world. Some for the better, some for the worse. But sure. What's the biggest hurdle? It's definitely uh, ESPN at home. The talent not coming to venue. And so you've got doing, to bring them all in. Mm. Yes. We've, we've got to in, uh, integrate all of that into our system, which we did. ESPN, we partnered with ESPN for that because we're part of the ACC network. Um, but it's just dealing with that and latency and all that stuff. You know, it's just site it's not straight into your system it's through the yep. internet through the public internet it's you know typical internet issues arise but it's worked really really well it's uh the, surprisingly how good it looks and how good it sounds um so we'll see how it evolves over the summer and into the football season mm. well i know all of us have uh some cool tech stuff to to share and then we're going to be bringing back one of the uh, cool features of the show that we like Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I know that Justin's going to be highlighting that one. But um, you've been working on some projects. Number one, for those that uh, – and I'll post a little video there on our uh, our website of Sean experimenting and playing around with these really cool, wise light bulbs that you got. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows I, I am a fanboy of wise. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's W-Y-Z-E. And they la- yeah, wise, W-Y-Z. They launched uh, – their color light bulbs. Now they've had their smart LED bulbs, mm-hmm. which I have a couple of those, um, and they're great for the house. Um, but they launched their color ones, and I was skeptical because they were relatively inexpensive. But this doesn't require a hub like the Hue bulbs or some of the other LED bulbs that require a bridge that connects and talks to the bulbs. These all just connect to the wi- the Wi-Fi, and then you br- it uses the app to control them all, and you can group them and things like that. So. I bought eight of them. Currently, I have six installed right now. Um, and I actually had to replace my dimming switches with just standard flip switches because they don't recommend putting these bulbs on dimming switches just because mm, the voltage yeah. the voltage varies and uh, things like that. So I, re- I put in non-dimming switches, um, which are great, and it works out. But it's super easy for me to just drop, jump into the app and change the colors on the fly. I can set up scenes. I can set up color temperatures. I can do all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's just, I'm super happy with them, and they look great. Now, even though you you yeah, set up a do. you you set up a non dimmer switch, so basically on off switch, you can still control the intensity of that bulb by increasing that or lowering that, right? Yeah, it's all done in the app, right? Uh, this is here's five oh, percent cool. brightness. Here's a hundred percent brightness. You know, it's. But, you know, like you can set up scenes. So, like, if, if I want just normal light, I just have a scene that says normal white light that sure. matches the rest of my LED bulbs in the basement. 
But if I want to, you know, movie night or whatever, you can jump in and you can do scenes and all sorts of stuff. It's really cool. Try to find the scene function. Now, when I when I first heard about these, it was from well, it was Justin was playing around with the Philips Philips Hue system, and I always thought, okay, you have to buy a red bulb or you got to buy a blue bulb. These are just basic bulbs, but you could control the color pattern of each bulb, so you don't have to buy a specific color. You get it all with the app. Yeah, it's you get the app controls the color, and you you like I said, you put them in a group, so I could control just two or all six or awesome. just one, yep. whatever. So. I'm I'm bu- I'm buying more as soon as they're back in stock because I want to finish the rest of my theater room with those lights. So That'd then be I cool. Have 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 the theater dimmed low in one color, but have the rest of the basement uh, dimmed in a different color, so it's not super dark. Whatever. But I'm really happy. I'm really impressed with them, um, and they're relatively inexpensive. I think you, a four pack is thirty four bucks on Wise. Do you know what the lumens are? Like how many how many lumens do the bulbs uh, give out? Let me grab, I'll grab the box and I'll update you guys in in another okay. sec, in another um but I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Cool. But they can they can buy the but they're hard to find now, right? Is that they, the deal? Well, like like any wise product, they do pre-orders and then they ship all the pre-orders and then they restock for for everybody else that wants to buy them. They do that with all their products where they do a pre-sale, they ship all the pre-sale stuff before they start selling normal pre-sale stuff. Now, Justin, or you, normal just normal sales. Stuff. Did you get rid of the Philips Hue or are you still doing it? I did. That? I know, I got rid of it. Um for one, the the Philips Hue uh, is is very cost prohibitive. Um, the Philips Hue bulbs, I think each bulb was like seventy bucks for the color changing bulb. Each bulb, wow! Each bulb was seventy bucks. Um, they weren't the greatest in lumens either, so they were kind of an outdated technology. I mean, a lot of things have come along since then that give uh, brighter uh, bulbs, so more mm-hmm. lumens, uh, better color depth, and uh, cheaper. And then the other fact was that I had the Philips Hue Gen, let's see, Gen 1 bridge, the circular Hue bridge, they called it. That was no longer supported as of like 2018, I want to say. So I, you know, basically if I got any new Philips Hue bulbs, they would not be supported. I'd have to, uh, I'd have to upgrade to a whole new Gen 2 or Gen 3 hub. Right. So right. looking at all of that together, I was like, wait, why am I still doing this? So I got rid of all the Philips Hue bulbs. Um, I sold them to somebody uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, he had Philips Hue already. So I was like, hey, here's three bulbs. You know, <laughs> That's cool. do what you want to do with it. Um, and I bought uh, TP-Link Casa. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I mean, they're, they're not bad. I mean, that's what I'm using in the background right now. Uh, I got four of them. I think I want to say I spent 60 bucks on four of them right um the lumens are pretty decent uh i'm sure that wise is better i mean wise seems to be better in almost every aspect um but i don't like the app uh i even though i put them in a group if i hit the group on and off button half the time one of my bulbs doesn't turn off Mm. but if i turn them off manually every one of them works so it's like it's something with the app it's not the bulb itself that's not responding it's something with the app um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're okay for what I got for them. I'm accent ca- lighting. I'm kind of wondering if wise is going to make Christmas tree lights, uh, for next oh, season. Oh, oh, dude, don't that, give that, them another that, idea. Get, I would, get, I yes, can see I would them doing it. In a <laughs> wise, if you're listening to this, get on it right now. I will demo your Christmas light bulb. <laughs> oh, you and like how many other people, right? Millions I mean, seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Justin, to answer your question, they're 1,100 lumens. 
Okay, not really bad at good. all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it's the the CRI rating is ninety. So uh, CRI. It's a decent, What's C- that? It's the yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> That's what it means. Can't remember it. It's the color rendering index. I can never remember what it means. I just know it's good. Dude, you totally missed out on that joke. CRI. Can't remember it. Oh, can't remember it. Yeah. Can't, I like can't. it. It's good, called Andy. the uh, color rendering index. It's just how yeah how, the light how affects depth, things in the room. Yeah. yeah sure. Depth, depth, depth no, they look they look amazing. Honestly, and for the price point, I mean, you yeah. can't go wrong with that. Thirty thirty four ninety nine for a pack of four. I still just think there's something that we just don't. See. I mean, I love Wise, but man, come on. There's something we don't see here. What is yeah. Wise doing? Are they selling our information that we give them? I, I mean, how are they making all this extra? How are they able to do this? I, you know, I installed three to four cameras uh, for a friend of mine, and their Wise cameras, did the Wise outdoor cameras, have not had one problem with them. At, yeah. at first, there was a little issue. With the recording, which gets static and, and all that, they wa- they wanted me to try the Cam the Camwise membership. I did; it was terrible, um, so I let it expire. Went for seven days, and now it's great. Everything's working fantastic. So again, yeah, but for the cost, two hundred bucks for four cameras, mm-hmm. you know, the only downside is like they got to get up on a ladder and take the camera down to charge it, and that's you know something they got to do every uh, every maybe three weeks to a month. Or it's even two months. It's not that bad. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you take them down, you charge them for a few hours, you know, whatever. But but if you're looking for a camera, like for your apartment or for your house. Oh, great. Yeah. Just for easy yeah. monitor. That Cam Absolutely. 3, version 3, is it's so cheap, and it's a great the, way to do it. The, the functionality of the camera from version 2 to version 3 is a, there's a huge difference in the quality of the nightlight version. Like the nightlight, the, the sensitivity of the sensor because I have a, I have version one, I've got version two, I've got I've got all the versions of the cameras just because I've I've enjoyed them so much I can't keep buying them. Um, the version three is by far the best one. Yeah, my daughter got nice. one of those, but she got but she she was wanted to get the outdoor door monitored for her apartment, and so but she said that night what happens is she gets like a glare on the screen and she can't see out the window and I said just go into your settings turn off the infrared. Uh, mm-hmm. because what that's doing is that shines a red light and it's bouncing back into the camera and she didn't, now she's totally overjoyed and happy because she can see what's going on outside. And it's a pretty good view. Maybe not. I'm still a fan of nest because I get a wide range with that, I get a little better range with but, that. But again, look at the difference in price. Exactly. And also think about, you know, nest is a Google product. Mm-hmm. Google's now widely known to be hoarding your data. Mm. and selling your data. Yeah. So when you get the Nest cameras, what are they watching? Yeah. What are they keeping tabs on? Let me, you well, know. Okay, I'm, I'm, well, I know we got a lot to talk about, but I did, before I forget, I wanted to mention it a couple weeks ago. So uh, you guys know that I have a house in, uh, in Huntington Beach, mm-hmm. and it's in a track, and they used to give houses track names. So like you live in the sports track, or you live in... The uh, the track, the, the berry track, where they would name them like streets mm-hmm. and every street would relate to a track, right? Now, I don't have anywhere, anywhere on Instagram about this this house. Nowhere. And this this is what really scared me. And it made me think. Nowhere have I, have I divulged the information, nothing. Which, you know, I got an ad the other day that was one of those sponsored ads that said, your house in that, the name of the track, 
uh, could be valued more, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, my God, Hmm. how did they know? I haven't given any information, but yet they have tied that with my personal information on this Instagram, which I haven't even shared, which really blew me away. And, you know, it's like the, the social dilemma where you see it and you go, wait a minute, there's more information out there about me than I want there to be. Mm-hmm. When they can tell you, they, they know that you own this home and you've not shared that anywhere. Yeah. Well, right. You, yeah. It's, it's interesting how they've been able to tie it back to you specifically, but you know, a lot of that information on, on home sales and, and public land rec is all public record. So yeah, you have companies that are going and searching public record and scanning all that data in and then digitizing it and selling it. Not even people. Algorithms. Yeah. Algorithms. AI. Yeah, no, I know, but it's just you you they go and get the they have yeah. they go to the website, they but, have they have a script that runs that scrapes all the text, mm-hmm. that digitizes it, and then algorithms and but it's if, crazy, but it's just it's wild how they linked it to you. But, but if now, yeah, and if and if anybody ever has had a social dilemma moment, that was mine. Because you, that was one where I really went, oh my God. You have uh, Alexa or Google Home speakers, yeah. speakers in your house? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got both of them. Have you ever been talking to your wife about probably your house at, in Huntington Beach? Probably at some point, I'm See, sure. Anything you know? like that, little things. I mean, there have been so many stories, and I've told them on past episodes, where I will just simply mention a, a name of a product, and all of a sudden, within hours... I've got ads for them on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Yeah, like, same, hey, same we heard you were talking about this. You we were talking wanna... about your your chairs, your Secret Labs chair. Yeah. We were talking about it, and I noticed I started seeing more ads, and I hadn't looked it up. Yeah. So that's yeah. the way it is. And and again, my my famous story way back in the day was, for those of you who might not have listened to that before, but uh, I decided to test it out, and I decided to just start talking about Lamborghinis and Bugattis <laughs> and Ferraris for a weekend mm-hmm. just to see what happens. And by Monday morning, I was getting ads in my social media feeds and in my Google search results for Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and Range Rovers. Yeah, that's pretty scary stuff. Yeah, and, and but you... I, would just, I would just literally walk around and say, Bugatti, Ferrari, <laughs> Lamborghini. I would I wouldn't be talking like, oh, I want to buy a Lamborghini. I wouldn't say that. I would just say the words Lamborghini, Ferrari, Bugatti. Right. And I would start getting ads for those. That is pretty scary. Now, uh, Sean pulled himself off social media after seeing Social Dilemma. I, I'm just is it still on? I would love because people should see it. People should certainly watch that movie. I'm pretty sure. It's still I, yeah, there. I don't know. It's probably still on Netflix. Uh, it is. I so don't know. Unless look, Facebook had it taken it's, down. It's just it's just <laughs> scary. The amount of information that you can get. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of my data is out there, you know? Yeah. And because I grew up in the era of technology when Facebook just came around and MySpace and Instagram, and it was the thing to do. And you just put everything out there. And everybody always put out these quizzes and all these things. So all that information was just consumed by Facebook. I'm seeing more of that, too. People doing the quizzes again, and I'm thinking, don't, 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 don't do that. For it, people. Don't do that. You know, it's funny. As, um, I, uh, this, this past weekend, we, got, we, we met up with some good friends of ours that have been friends for years. We haven't seen them in over a year because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, during that past year when we haven't seen each other, you know, a lot has changed in the, in the United States, you know, with politics mm. is what I'm really referring to. Yeah. And uh, my friend and I differ 
on politics oh, considerably. Boy. Right. And he would post just a lot of things on Facebook that were just either, you know, fake news or just way out there. Just wait, not even way out there, but just, just negative. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, just negative. And I finally got to the point where I blocked him. Yeah. I blocked him on Facebook. So we met on, we met uh, at the zoo and he was like, oh, you still on social media? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I know you just you haven't really reacted to anything I put out there. And he's like, I don't, I'm not really on social media anymore. And I said, yeah, about that. Did you and tell him? Like, I told him. I said, yeah, I, I blocked you. And Ooh. he goes, and he looked at me. He goes, I don't blame you. Really? I was like, wait, what? Like I was not expecting that response. Yeah. And he goes, I don't blame you. He goes, I. It turned me into a person that I did not want to be. And I realized that I was just becoming more of the problem instead of the solution. I thought that by posting these things that I would be part of the solution, I determined that I was more part of the problem. And he said himself that he kind of just got off of social media uh, in general. Um, He still has it, but he just doesn't look at it all that often. And he, after he saw The Social Dilemma on Netflix, and I think the other one he mentioned was called The Great Hack. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. That's supposed to be good. Yeah, so he said after watching those, he says, I realized that social media is going to tear apart the fabric of society. Um, Everybody turns to it for everything, right? rather than picking up a phone and you yeah. know, um, calling somebody. I, there was a story just recently, too, about a hack that was on Facebook. And we're not just dogging on just Facebook or any of the others. And we're, we're on it. I mean, come on. Uh, but 533 million users from 106 countries had their personal data leaked online. Now... Yeah, you know, if anything, it tells us okay, we got to be careful about what we're what we're sharing online, but also the information we put in as a part of our profile. A lot of us put our phone numbers, and mm-hmm. a lot of us put our our email numbers, and those are what were affected in this, which could lead to what more Did you just spam say email calls. numbers. Our email addresses. Sorry, okay. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we are a number, uh, but uh, a lot a lot more more of those issues, which means you know we're going to get the junk email, the, the spam, and then could could lead to being hacked. Yeah. Well, well so yeah. you just mentioned you just mentioned that Facebook had that huge hack. Yeah. But I just read an article yesterday. Clubhouse. Yeah. Ha- had their data leaked. Now people are Same. saying that what was done with Club- Clubhouse, though, and it's almost like people were defending it was more like a oh this is a public info this is just public information. It was just a data dump of public oh, info. Oh sure, my social security number and all that stuff. <laughs> Information. No, that wasn't in there. But they're just saying, you know, usernames and affiliations, etc. Yeah, but, but what's Twitter next? Was the yeah the clubhouse clubhouse uh, kind of came back and said, "Hey, this information was already available via the API. So why are you guys bad about it?" Yeah, yeah. But again, what next? Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, is the next big social media uh, platform, if even social media survives, they're, they're just going to be a target for hackers. Mm-hmm. I mean, hackers are going to try to say, what can we get from this? And because they know that these companies, Google, Facebook, uh, Microsoft to a certain extent, not a lot, but a little bit. Um, uh, gosh, I mean, I could go on and on. They rely on data. Data is the new gold. Yeah. Notwithstanding Bitcoin. That helps but them sell. Data is the new gold. Yeah. You get the more, more data you get the more you can sell and the more money you're going to make. So again, it goes back to the old adage. If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. And even when you pay for the product, a lot of times 
your information's being sold anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I recently got my house refinanced. Right through a company that I've seen so much advertising for. I mean, they are massive in Colorado. Right, everywhere you look. I mean, they got Peyton Manning as their spokesperson. Right, right. So I go with this company. The moment I get my house refinanced, my mailbox is chock full of these yep. prepaid. Hey, you qualify for a new mortgage? First off. If you're going to sell my information, don't sell it to another company trying to refinance me. I just refinanced. <laughs> exactly. Why would I want to do it again? It took them a little while for the data dump to finally make its way through going, this person's interested in refinancing. Well, no, well, I mean, honestly, I was interested. I literally went to their website. I filled out a form. And within 30 seconds, I'm not lying, 30 seconds, I was getting a phone call from them. So there's no holding my data for a while and then reselling it. They had me at hook and go, right? Right. right. And I was like, I'm go, let's do this. And they still sold my data to all of these refinancing companies. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, come on. when, when, When we bought our house, our realtor specifically sat us down and said, you guys are going to receive a lot of mail. Yeah, they never told me that. That is not associated with your credit union. And, but you're going to think it's legit because it's going to say, this is about your Notre Dame Federal Credit Union sure. bill. Right, right. Just throw it out. Shred it. Well, here's, it, a, whatever. here's a very good tip for anybody listening out there. When you get a piece of mail, regardless if it says official mail mm-hmm. or open immediately or whatever it might say, look at the postage stamp. First off, if it is a pre-stamped thing that says these keywords, listen very carefully. These keywords, pre-sorted standard mail, which means it has already been paid and it is spam. If it says pre-sorted, that's the big keyword, pre-sorted, it is spam. If it has a genuine stamp on it or any type of number that shows how much postage was paid, then you can probably listen a little bit more carefully to it. But it doesn't matter what the envelope looks like, whatever big text and red letters it shows on there, official mail, open by you only. If it says pre-sorted standard up in the corner where the postage goes, it's... So are you, IRS... B... IRS is, is sending is sending out, you know, debit cards and stuff for, the, for this third round of stimulus that went out. Those uh, how will are, be postage paid. They will not say pre-sorted standard. Okay. Pre-sorted standard means a company mails a million whatever things to the post office. They pay a general postage stamp, and then it all gets filed in with all the rest of the mail and gets sent out to everybody. And I've been telling Misa this for years, and every time she gets the mail, she's like, Justin, we've got something important. You've got to open this immediately. Yeah. I take one look at it. I'm like, yeah, it's trash. What? <laughs> That's important. I'm like, it's pre-sorted. It's not real. Tell you Superman. You can see through the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, seriously, if it says pre-sorted standard, throw it away. Throw it away. Get rid of it. All yeah. Right. All right. Okay. That's going to be my luck. It's going to be something important. No. I've, I've thrown if it anything, away. If anything is important, it's not going to be pre-sorted standard. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. All right. Yeah, exactly. We get like you get a lot of those those ads, like uh, Sean was saying. Suddenly, started getting a lot of junk mail, and it did. Did it triple, double? Oh gosh, quadruple. Oh, it doubled. I mean, it 
it finally had calmed down. We refinanced our house recently as well. Right. And because the market is just so good, we refinanced to 2.8%, which is amazing. Um, but we had finally cooled down from when we actually sold our house or bought our house. I mean, two years ago in April 19th, it'll be two years. Uh, then we refinanced. And then again, same thing, same stuff. Wow. Same, wow. same yep. stuff. All right. Now you've been working on a really cool project. Yeah, uh, Justin has got himself really something really cool to talk about. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We want to find out about what you created, which is pretty darn awesome. So we'll find out a little bit about that process. Uh, that's back with more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Find us on the web, techtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Sean has been uh, working on a project that has been taking up a lot of his time, but it's been uh, kind of cool to see some of the pictures he's been posting, although I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> what are you creating, Madman? So I've wanted to build, whenever we go camping, there's always times where you just want to relax in the camper and well, that's watch the whole, a show or watch a movie. That's the whole thing about camping. If you're doing a long haul and you're just pulled into a rest area for the night, you just want to watch a movie, but you can't think of anything or you don't have anything to watch. Wait a minute. So, so wait, you go camping in the great outdoors. Aren't you supposed to be outdoors? Well, he right. just said a rest this, stop. Yeah, so this is this is definitely he, time he specific. So stops. if we're if we're doing a long haul, like we went out west. Right. There were there were nights where we just pulled into a rest area along with the, the big rigs, the semis. And slept in the camper. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, you know, you're killing time. But, like, if you want to relax for a little bit and watch a movie or a TV show and you don't want to use data or there's no data because sometimes you're out in the middle of nowhere, I wanted to have something to fall back on. Hmm. So I des- I specced it out and I put together the pieces for a 12-volt system Raspberry Pi Plex server. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> Wait, so how does the hard drive run off of the 12 volt? So, the hard drive runs off the power supplied by the Raspberry Pi. What? Seriously? So, okay. Uh, let me let me let me walk you through it. So, the camper is 12 volt base system. Right. It has an it has an inverter to supply 120 volts to the outlets when you're plugged into shore power. Yeah. So, when you're not plugged into shore power, you only have 12 volt well, th- that runs off the battery or it runs off of when you're plugged into the truck, when you're tethered to the truck, it supplies the 12 volts. So you have to get things down to 12 volts. So you have 12 volts coming from the camper. The Pi runs five volts. That's what it, that's what it, it requires. And it draws probably about an amp and a half to two amps. But I also included a nano router. Oh, very cool. This, this, a this thing is... Uh, it's like two inch by two inch. Right. It is. It is so huh. tiny, and it has one Ethernet port, and it's got whatever the spec is for three hundred megs. I think it's like N, N router, whatever. Wi-Fi. So I've got wi- Wi-Fi. Yep. So I bought a twelve volt bridge. So I take the twelve volt main, which I, I, I took. The, so it sits above the radio in my camper. We have a stereo in the camper that runs twelve volt. Mm-hmm. So I took the main that fed the radio, put it into this 12-volt bridge, which then feeds the radio. It feeds a what they call a buck converter, which takes 12 volts and drops it down to 5 volts. So think of uh, a cigarette lighter for your car. Mm-hmm. like that, that drops 
24 to 12 volts down. Wait, do they to still make volts. those? Oh, oh yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're dropping 12 volts to 5 volts is insanely popular. No, I mean popular. cigarette lighters. <laughs> yeah, cigarette lighters. Oh, probably not. Okay. But um, so I'm running 12 volt into this, what I call a 12 volt rail, just like in your computer, you have a 12 volt rail. And then out of that, I come into one of this, these buck converters, which then splits it off to two USB cables. Right. So the Pi runs off a USB-A to USB-C power, power cord. So that gets supplied the five volts and it pulls whatever amperage it needs to. I have a 15 amp fuse in the trailer. It's not going to break that. I'm not going to pull 15 amps running the system. And then I also come out of that 12 volt bridge into again into the, the buck converter, the 12 volt to five volt to supply power for the TP link nano router. Right. So what's cool about it is if the radio specifically using an output of the radio, so the radio is off, it's not feeding any power to the buck converter. Mm. Okay. So, so it's not running all the time when I'm, when it's on 12 volts, so it's not going to drain my battery. So if I turn the radio on, then all of a sudden it gets fed power to the, the Pi, the TP-Link nano router, and then it takes 30 to 40 seconds for it to boot up. I turn my iPad on. I use the Plex app. I'm off and running. I can watch whatever I've got do on you, the hard drive. Do you, don't you have a TV in the camper, though? No. Oh, okay. okay. I right. thought you had a TV in the camper. I was thinking, why not just do like a Fire TV stick or something? Right. We could have, but then... With the Plex app. It'd be... Right, sure, the Plex app, but you still then have to run into the issue of where does the hard drive live, how do you get okay, the yeah. content to it. But I wanted to be able to, if we're out traveling and other people, or if my, you know, if we're going traveling with a friend of ours who has kids and he wants to watch a show or we're, or they want to, you know, watch a show for him, all they have to do is just connect to my Wi-Fi, yeah, use the Plex app, and now they've got all the shows that I have on my Plex server. That's oh, cool. that's cool. That is that's, super that's, cool. That's really ing- so that's really it's, uh, genius. It's cool. Uh, Andy, can you can put the pictures up on the web, but I put two pictures in the chat showing you kind of, I just kind of laid it all out last night and had to get it running. The issue that I ran into, which was kind of the biggest hurdle for me, was I'm not super familiar with Linux. I understand it. I can make my way through it. But Linux permissions using NTFS drives, mm. it doesn't like to mount and be readable by certain things. Right. So the Plex server couldn't read the hard drive. So I couldn't mount it to Plex and then have it see the library and all the files involved. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to modify some of the internal files of the the Raspbian, which is a which is a Debian port for Raspberry Pi. You have to go in and specifically tell it to mount this drive to this specific USB ah. port every time it boots. So let me so, let me ask you, uh, devil's advocate here. What is the benefit of this versus somebody buying a television with a USB stick and plugging a USB stick in with that has the Plex app on the television? I'm 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 miss, probably missing a step there. So yeah, so it really there's no difference. Okay, we don't have a TV in our camper. But I wanted to have the ability to be able to take my iPad or my iPhone and watch it outside or ah, okay, be able cool. to be, you know, be mobile with it. Because like, you've got the server we, there, right there. Right. It's, so say, for example, we're driving and Caitlin's bored or Caitlin's driving and I'm bored and I want to watch a show. All we have to do is 
fire up the radio. It's not going to do anything. It's just going to be powered. And then we're mm-hmm. traveling. That's really yeah. cool. Well, that then is we, really then cool. We, then we can watch it in the car. Now, how much? Now, Raspberry Pi is not that very expensive. How much of this project probably set you to do it? So I, I think the Nano Link TP router was like thirty-five bucks. Nice. Oh wow. The Raspberry Pi is like forty-seven, I think, for the newest version with four gigs but, of RAM in it. But you also had a plus case. A, plus, I bought a case, so I think I was like seventy-five bucks for the Pi itself. Um, and then wait, wait, I bought hold on. A, you got a 3D printer. How come you didn't 3D print your case? <laughs> Good point. Because the, because the I got a I got an educational discount on the case oh, and the uh, pie, so it, I bundled it for cheaper. Oh, okay. Um, I I would rather trust one that's already built and designed than go and print my own. Um, but I did 3D print a couple pieces for this specifically. So the 12 volt rail is just a series of soldered connections. So I can't just lay that in. Yeah. I, all I have is a 10 inch by 10 inch, like shelf, like a shelving unit that mm-hmm. all of this is laid onto it. And I, I've used Velcro and zip ties to hold it all together. Um, but I didn't want that sitting on the metal rail, the metal piece. So I mm-hmm. 3d printed a case, uh, like just a tray for it that it sits into and can't move around. But so if uh, somebody, if somebody listening wants to do a project like this, is there anywhere, I mean, they could go through you. I mean, you got the brain of just massiveness uh, and configure some of this stuff out. But if somebody, Elon Musk, watch out. Yeah, if somebody needed a little assistance to it, Where where's the best place for them to go? Are they going to find this in, like, Reddit under a, a Plex uh, So So group? Plex, I actually used the, the Plex forums to figure out specifically dealing with Raspberry Pis and right. getting these permissions in place and, and, installing Ras- and installing Plex server on Raspbian and those types of things. For the average computer user, I think, if you don't know anything about Linux, you're going to be in a, in a world of hurt. For me, who's delved into Linux a little bit, I was able to make my way through it following a guide and, and kind of following along. Um, and it makes sense to me how it all works. Um, but what I like about it, too, is that now I have a, a wireless network. So now when I travel, nice. yeah. instead, of put, instead of putting my wise cam that I travel with in travel mode, I could just connect it to my wireless router in the camper. Oh. And then see it, see it via the app, and see it via that way. Now, did you and get when you if, bought your Raspberry Pi? Did you get the book, the official Raspberry Pi Beginner's Guide? I did not. I uh, I need to go through this because I I've got a Raspberry Pi, but I haven't used it. I've never programmed in that language before, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to playing around with this. And I know if you go to raspberrypi.org, the consortium, you can buy this book and you can buy all the the Raspberry. Yeah, stuff. no, mm-hmm. you know it's it's. I I feel bad that I'm using this cool little computer just for a Plex server, <laughs> but these little computers are so powerful. I mean, this little thing, little computer, you can do so much with. It's got all the. I think it has like 24 pins that do different things. It's got GPIO. It's got GPI. You know, mm-hmm. GPI in and out. It's got uh, 12 volt, 5 volt on that as well. It's un- incredible what these can do. I've got I've got actually four of them. They've got a great community of people that'll help you out too mm-hmm. and talk about it. Oh yeah, I've, it's 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 definitely for the tinkering community for different projects and things like that. Um, this is my first foray into a Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. I've worked with them before, but I've never actually built one, done it, installed everything by myself, and worked. I've just said, "Here's the Pi. I know what it does. Plugged it in, and it does, so, does its thing." Yeah, Raspberry Pi is is a great tool for 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 anybody, but especially for. 
uh, younger people that want to mm. get in. And, and if you're looking for like a gift for a, a son or daughter or a grandchild or anything like that, that, you know, might possibly be interested in computers, Raspberry Pi is a great way to get introduced. And like Sean said, they are so versatile. You can do so many things with a Raspberry Pi. In fact, um, I've actually got uh, four of them. So I have one of them that runs my home assistant, which is for my home automation system. Right. right? I got one that runs Octoprint, which is for my 3D printer. Uh, it's a it's a utility that kind of just monitors the 3D print. I've got a third one that is a DNS black hole, and the name is kind of funny, but it's called Pi Hole. Right. Um, but it is it's basically a DNS forwarder, so it blocks all the ads that I would get uh, while while I'm browsing the internet. So if I'm browsing the internet. Uh, my pages load so much faster if I'm at home than if I was uh, anywhere else because it's blocking all the tracking cookies, all the ads, all that other stuff. And then finally, I got a brand new one that I still actually have in the box right now. I have never touched this. I'm going to show it on screen real quick here. Oh, but cool. This is the brand new. Uh, this is a Raspberry Pi. And that's Pi it. That's 3. the main computer. That is it. It is that small. It is that small right there. But this one, I decided to buy something that I, I saw online, and I thought this would be so cool to do. But it is a hexapod. Oh, so it is a giant robotic spider. That's frightening. Yeah. That that <laughs> that operates off of a Raspberry Pi. So this thing, uh, the spider itself, or the hexapod, really. Uh, was $150, right. and then I bought a Raspberry Pi, so that's another, you know, 40 50 bucks or whatever. So, you know, all together, probably like $200. And you got to um, put a big scary doll head right in the middle of that, right well, on top you, of it. I yeah. would love to, but you can't. But but what this does, this is really cool. This Hexapod um, is fully navigate. It, it navigates uh, through an app on your phone. It connects Bluetooth. Uh, through your phone, but it's got a uh, ultrasonic sensor to know the distance. It has a camera that can do face tracking. It can follow you around the room if you tell it to. Oh, wow. And it can go in any direction at any time. It can also tilt. It can bow. It can stand up on its hind legs. It can do all these things. And the best part about this little kit is once you get the actual physical building done, right? the fun part comes in actually programming the Raspberry Pi. So it's not like an image you can just download and burn to a Raspberry Pi and say, all right, go do your thing. No, it gives you tutorial, but you will get hands deep configuring and programming this thing from scratch, from a command line interface using Python. Python is a very, very versatile language right now. It's probably the most popular programming language out there. You will learn Python to program this. So I thought it was kind of a cool project. That is cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We've got more. We're going to find out about your purchase uh, and the the rewards that got you there, which is actually pretty cool. Yep. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin. Let me find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tech talkers. We'll be right back. This is Danny Trejo, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. And you better keep listening or I'll come looking for you. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Sean DeWeird. I'm Justin Lemmy. And I'm Andy Taylor. So uh, Justin's got a pretty good story about <laughs> um, about uh, scoring himself some new uh, hardware, which I, I, I love the story and how he found out that he was able to get this hardware. Yeah, so um, you, all, you all know that I, I'm into Bitcoin. Yeah, we've all uh, kind of dabbled in it. 
Yeah, um, I've dabbled maybe a little bit longer than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'll preface this whole story with a fact. And that fact is I get an allowance. <laughs> I do. I'm allowed to keep a little bit portion of my check to do whatever I want to do each month. All right. The rest of it is family. Okay. So uh, back in see, it was like late 2016, I, I want to say, um, I apparently forgot that I deposited a little bit of money into Coinbase. Right. Buying up some money. Bitcoin. Buying up some Bitcoin. And uh, I kind of forgot about that. That's always a nice thing to forget, right? Until about two weeks ago. How did you uh, discover it? What happened? Well, I was looking through my old emails, and I went into an email account that I haven't logged into for a long time. And I was like, wait, what? Coinbase? Wait, what? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> then you remembered. So I was like, okay. So I logged into it. It took me a couple tries. You know, got, got into it. I realized that the modest amount that I put into it was now worth about... 50 times what I put into it. Oh, ouch. That's yeah. a good ouch. It's actually, that's a good yeah. ouch. Yeah, that's good yeah, ouch. Very, very good ouch. Um, with the amount of money that I now have in that particular uh, personal account, nah, let's just say I could probably buy a new Honda Civic. Right, right. Yeah. So I decided, well, I'm going to have some fun with this. So I, uh, I told the wife about it, and I said... I'm going to start buying a few things. I, first off, I said I was going to cash out. She's like, no, no, don't do that. Bitcoin right. is, is going to go even more. You should keep that. And I said, well, I want to buy a few things because right. this is my own personal money. This is my own personal investment. I want to buy some stuff. Yeah. So she said, fine, um, just use the house money to buy it and then just give us all the Bitcoin. Like put put the Bitcoin into the family account. I'm like, okay. So I went out for my first purchase. I went out and bought a brand new Samsung Galaxy Tab S7 Ooh. Plus, oh, which is a 12.2-inch screen. It is it is literally the Android equivalent to the iPad Pro. It has a stylus. It's got uh, 256 gigabytes of on, onboard storage. Plus, it actually has an SD card slot to expand that storage, which iPad does not. Nice. Um it has a OLED screen, which is amazing. The pixel count, I don't even know the pixel resolution of this thing, but it is amazing. It's got 120 hertz refresh, which makes the screen just silky smooth. And um, have you watched, uh, can you watch 4K movies in there? I actually no. You cannot do 4K on it. It's not you 4K. High def. Yeah, you, you definitely got high def. I think it's actually 2K. Right. I think its resolution is 2K. Uh, you can't watch 4K on it, but um, yeah, but uh, also it's got eight gigabytes of RAM. So pretty much I can run anything I want on uh, this tablet in terms of mobile apps. Uh, I've been using it to do everything from mobile gaming to uh, work emails to even even I even downloaded a sketch desk, which is an auto, oh, cool. you know, AutoCAD. It's a, it's the company. Uh, uh, Autodesk is the company. Right. They make AutoCAD. They have a free sketch program, and you can use it to just draw. It's just like it's it's like a really 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 in depth version of Paint, like Microsoft Paint, but uh, I can import things. So I've literally just imported coloring book photos of like Iron Man and Spider Man, and I'll just sit there and doodle. That's kind of cool, yeah. And I'll just color in like it's an adult version of a coloring book. 
What's the, what's the size of the screen on that? 12.2 inches. Oh, man. That's a lot of screen. Yeah. So people, it doesn't very... sound like it, but when people like are holding a tablet in their hand it's... that's 12 inches, it's like, whoa, that's a, that's a lot of screen. Like I said, it is the equivalent of like an iPad Pro. Um, and the stylus is great. Uh, I love this tablet. Everybody I've showed it to, they're just like, wow, I want one. Now, can you so, pair this? Because Now, you use a Google Pixel. Can sure. you pair this to your phone? Because I know that that's one of the things. Android is supposed to be really good with the pairing of Windows 10. Android is Android, right? Right. But, but, and Samsung does make Android phones. They make their Samsung Galaxy line phones. I don't have a Samsung phone. I have a Google Pixel phone. So, no, I cannot uh, restore my backup of my Pixel phone onto the tablet, tablet yeah. because they're different manufacturers. It still runs Android, but I can't, I can't do that. Now, I can log into my Google account. And I can see all the apps that I've purchased on my phone, but some of those aren't compatible with the tablet. Got it. Right. So there's 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 differences, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, this. I don't think I've seen anything wrong with this tablet. I guess if the, if I were to say anything at all, that's wrong with the tablet. Is um well actually I got okay now I got two things, but one, <laughs> no, it's not that bad. One thing is is the keyboard cover. Now oh, I'm sorry, not the keyboard cover. The book cover. Right. They sell they sell these covers extra. Uh, the book cover is just a magnetic cover that snaps into place on the front and the back. Right. Um, and you can wait. I that can didn't come with the tablet. No. No. You the spend tablet, this money on the tablet. They don't give you that. Yeah. And the the, oh, the, the 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 book cover was seventy nine dollars extra. Um, but the thing is, it is magnetic both ways on the back side and the front side. So the magnet isn't super super strong. So I can definitely see an opportunity to. Uh, mishandle the tablet, and you drop might it. drop the tablet out of yeah. the book cover. Um, the other thing is, uh, normally, when you hold the power button down on any device, it brings you to the reset menu or reboot or power off menu. Mm -hmm. Not on Samsung anymore. They got rid of the Bixby button. What Good. they did was they <laughs> repurposed the power button for the Bixby button. Uh. So now if you hold down power, it starts Bixby. Oh, no. I thought they got rid of Bixby completely. No. Oh, they boy. just purposed it to the power <laughs> button. Bixby, for those of you who don't know, Bixby is like the Samsung version of Siri or the Google Assistant. Yeah. However, it is completely worthless. Bixby is just kind of that thing that nobody <laughs> wants to use. So I found out that in order to reboot my tablet, I have to hold power and volume down. Then oh. I get the reboot option. So that's, right. other than that, honestly, all right. All right, so I'm, I'm thinking, okay, you spend this money on this this tablet. It was about a thousand dollars for that tablet, by the way. Why didn't you get a Surface? Because we've because, been talking about how cool Surface is. Because for what I get with this tablet, um, that Surface would have cost me probably twenty five hundred dollars. Again, right. this tablet right. was a thousand. And another thing, I don't want a full version of Windows because I don't want to have to get Windows apps. I want Android apps. I okay. want to be. I want a tablet experience. I want to be able to play games uh, with it. Now, yes, with a Surface, sure, I can play games with a Surface. I can. I can download Sea of Thieves or Call of Duty. Can or you whatever, get Steam on a Surface? I wonder. Uh, on a Surface, yes, yeah. it yeah. is a full version. It's a full version of Windows. Hmm. You can get Steam. Yeah. However, the, the the thing is about the Surface, it's not necessarily designed for gaming. This is more designed for gaming. I mean, it's not okay. a gaming tablet, but it's powerful enough to do so. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so for what I paid for it, it's amazing. And it's funny because Eric has his own tablet. He's got the little Amazon Fire Kids tablet. Yeah, those are great. Those are great, no, good price. Not. You don't no, like them? They're, they're not. No, they last you about a year. 
And and I'm I'm not talking about kid abuse. Right. Okay. I'm talking about the software, the tablet itself. The battery has to be charged constantly. Uh, the tablet can't even run some of the most basic games out there. Oh wow. Um, and the screen is small, and it's very unresponsive, and you're limited to the Amazon Fire Store unless you hack it and put the Google Play Store on it. So the moment I got my tablet, Eric's like, hey, I want to use your tablet. I'm like, no, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, now it's his. <laughs> so he got your other one. Yeah, No, 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 no. He's got this one. See, I, I have a couple of tablets. I have a couple of Android tablets. And I've got an Apple uh, and, you know, an, I, an iPad. I just don't use it. I I, I use I, it all the time. I I. And I keep thinking, okay, I'm gonna charge. I'll take it out. I'll charge it up, and I'll I'll play a couple of games, and then I put it away. I don't. Uh, Sean, you use your your iPad a lot, though, don't you? I love. Yeah, we use our iPad Mini a lot. You have uh, an iPad I, Mini. I, okay. I've probably yeah, we have an iPad Mini. It's an iPad Mini two. So we got it in 2015 or 2016. Okay. I love it, but I got scammed. What? what? Because when we bought our iPhone sevens. We got kind of. I got frustrated when we bought our iPhone sevens because the salesperson said, "Oh, we're doing a promotion where, for each iPhone you buy, you get $120 or $125 off an iPad Mini. We're gonna get an iPad Mini for like sixty bucks. This is gonna mm-hmm. be great." And they're like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it." So Caitlin and I agreed, and we got the iPad Mini, and we get our first bill, and it's way more than what we were expecting, because they added the iPad as the third cell line. We had already opened it. We had already used it. We knew it had the cell data, but we weren't going to use it. And so I called and I was like, look, we were under the impression that this was not going to be a third line. And they're like, well, you already opened it, so you can't return it. Oh, Oh my gosh. Wow. So we loved it enough that it was worth it for us to keep it. That would be rough for me right there. I'd be canceling my service and go somewhere else. Um. And we did like the fact that it had cell, cell data on it in case we needed it for some reason um, or if we needed be, while we were traveling because uh, we, we like to travel a lot. So it's been great to have it to do the FaceTime stuff on the iPad and, and things like that um, or hotspotting the iPad instead mm-hmm. of hotspotting our phones. So it's a, the, the battery life is higher or it doesn't tie up our phone, that kind of thing. I have no issues with the iPad. So. Nice. Very cool stuff. Well, all right. Uh, tell you what, we got to take another quick break. When we come back, You've been saying you wanted to do this. This You want to bring back. I want to bring back something. All right. We have time. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Justin is bringing back something kind of cool. So we'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Justin Lemmy. And welcome back to 60 Second Tech. Ah, Here you we wanted go. to bring it back. 60 I do. Second, all right. Explain what it is. Okay. So I'm going to read off a bunch of different stories. Within 60 seconds. And at the end, we're going to talk about one of those stories. So here we go. Okay. The future of college football? Question mark. The University of Central Florida is allowing its players to wear their social media handles on the backs of their jerseys during the spring game on Saturday. This is a new age of personal branding. We're going to embrace it, says UCF coach and verified cool dad, Gus Maslin. Elon Musk's brain chip company, Neuralink, released a video of a monkey playing video games with its mind. Neuralink released a video last week showing a a macaque monkey using a wireless neural interface tech to play video games. The company has boasted about its tests on primates before, but this is the first time it has been demonstrated in public. Today, Microsoft announced that it will acquire Nuance Communications for roughly $19.7 billion, which represents a 23% premium over the company's Friday closing price. The Burlington, Massachusetts Massachusetts company specializes in speech recognition. Xerox Spinoff ScanSoft acquired Nuance in 2005. 
Also, Microsoft is reportedly pursuing Adrian, that's 60 your, seconds. That's 60 seconds right there. Oh, my there. gosh. I have like three more to go. <laughs> no. That's it. Okay. All right. Well, All right. What do we want to talk about? Okay. What story was the, the one that kind of grabbed you, Sean? Well, the Neuralink one, the monkey. But I'm pretty sure Justin was going to talk about Discord. Uh, Discord was approached by Microsoft to get bought. Whoa. But we're going we're gonna to go back to the monkey. Okay. All okay, right. we're going to go back to my... I was thinking you were going to talk about the college football one since you work for Notre well, Dame. But, there's okay. that too, but okay. I doubt Notre so what, Dame doesn't okay, allow so what do you ads about? What do you want to so say about the monkey? So what is this, mo- this monkey play? What game did the monkey he, play? Uh, Pong. Pong? Yep. Well, that's kind of it. So what they did was they, they got the Neuralink... They got the monkey to play with the joystick, and then eventually they kind of used the Neuralink to predict what the monkey was going to do, and then they removed the joystick. And the monkey's mind was still able to feed the Neuralink what it wanted to do without having to move its hand, and it was able to play Pong with just his brain. Now, if the, the, this, well, m- most people think, well, okay, monkey playing Pong, what's the big deal? Um, this That's is huge. Actually, this is actually kind of huge because the goal of Neuralink is to help those that, are, uh, that have a, a brain disability yep. or they're not able to move limbs due to a spinal cord injury, that this might be able to do some really cool things. Yes, and that's yeah, it. It's going to be cool because the cognitive, the cognitive abilities or the cognitive, cognitive disabled can use this. There's who knows what it's going to do. Yeah. What it's going to inspire other people to come up with. Cause what I like about this type of technology is it gets out there in the world and then people start hacking it and making their own versions of things and doing things that it wasn't intended to do, mm-hmm. which is cool, but also could be terrifying at the same time. All right. Make sure you look us up on the World Wide Web. We're at techtalkradio.com. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next time.